Is this a spiritual podcast? <laughs> sure is. You're listening to Wild and Holy Radio, the realest conversation on spirituality, finding your truth, and creating a life that honors your soul. I'm your host, Megan Hale, and together we'll grow in more faith, more love, and doing our holy work in the world. We've always been holy, and we were born to be wild. Permission to be both is granted. This episode is brought to you by Wild and Holy Weekend. You guys, my next retreat is coming up September 22nd through 24th in beautiful Austin, Texas. Our theme is all about expression and expansion. I am so delighted to welcome the next 10 women to Wild and Holy Weekend. It's an unforgettable, intimate retreat that will help you express your truth and expand your soul. And I'd love to see you there. You can find out more at wildandholyweekend.com. Welcome back to Wild and Holy Radio, everyone. This is episode three, which still feels like this is just a sweet, cute little baby <laughs> that we're all nurturing into the world. We had Rob Bell on on episode two, which was a really phenomenal interview for me. And we're actually going to be touching back on some of those things in today's episode. And I'm really excited to dive in here uh, with what we're going to be talking about today. You know, when I first sat down to do this episode for you guys, I started, you know, gathering my thoughts and I realized pretty quickly, I'm like, oh my goodness, if we go through all three of these in one episode, this is going to be the longest episode in podcast history ever. And I didn't want to do that. So what we're actually going to be doing is we're going to be breaking this topic down into three different parts. So today you're getting part one, and then in two weeks you're going to get part two, and then two weeks after that you're going to be getting part three because I'm going to have some amazing guests all sprinkled in here for you too. So what we're going to be talking about today is the first type of spiritual shift we experience when we are going through expansion. And the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because when we're going through an expansion process, first of all, expansion is something that many, many, many people think that they want. And then when they actually are going through it, they realize like, oh my gosh, like this is hard. This is tough. This is totally un comfortable because what happens when we are expanding is we're creating a space for something new to grow. And in order for us to create that new space, something old usually has to go. And so this whole process of letting go and letting something new grow can be very unsettling because we're letting a piece of ourselves kind of dissociate from us. And during this process, it can kind of feel like you're unzipping yourself and it feels very exposed. You feel very uncertain about what all this means and how the world works and who you are now with this new thing that's growing and who are you without this thing that you just let go. So it's actually not like happy unicorns and magic and fluff and chocolate all the time when we're going through expansion. Like the spiritual experience of expansion really calls on us 
to hold a fierce, loving container for ourselves when we're at our most vulnerable. So sometimes it can even just be reassuring to have language to talk about what's going on inside of you during an expansion process. So I wanted to kind of bring light to this and really dive into what is actually happening because when we're going through this process, it can sometimes feel like, you know, am I ever going to get to the other side? Is this ever going to feel like a new normal? Like, am I going to be okay? And the answer to those questions is yes, yes, yes. You are going to be okay. You are going to get to the other side of this and that you are going to eventually feel like this is your new normal. But in that in-between stage, it's going to feel a little rocky. So I wanted to talk about the different layers of spiritual shifts that we go through when we're actually experiencing expansion. Um, just to give us more language to talk about this, what it feels like, and to really dive into like what is actually going on here. So the reason this came up to begin with is, you know, when we, so at Wild and Holy Weekend this past June, we ended our weekend by having a despacho ceremony. And I took all everybody down to the Guadalupe River, which is this stunning emerald river that winds through New Braunfels. And it's just a very beautiful, natural, gorgeous space. And what we did is we left our despacho ceremonies. We put them into the river, which were made of all biodegradable materials, PS. <laughs> and what a despacho ceremony is, if you're not familiar with it, is it's kind of this little package that you put together that you put in certain things that you're grateful for, certain things that you want to call in. And the reason we set them off into the river is because I really wanted all of the women at Wild and Holy to really sink into the reality that what they were putting into that river was what they were putting into their life. There was going to be a flow that what we put in comes back to us. So we had just finished our despacho ceremony and it was stupid hot. I mean, stupid hot. It's June in Texas, right? And so we all have our bathing suits and we're chilling in the river and it's beautiful. And I was talking to one of my clients who was also at the retreat and she mentioned to me that she really wished that she would have come to Wild and Holy Weekend like earlier on in her spiritual journey. And there was a little kind of like a sadness almost underneath the question, which really piqued my curiosity. I was like, wow, like, you know, did you not have a good time? Like, was this not transformational for you? And so I was like, you know, well, what's that about? And she, she really shared that, you know, it would have been more impactful of really opening up to what's possible had she come to something like this sooner. And instead of feeling this huge monumental internal shift, she felt as though like no big life altering change had really happened until I shared with her what I'm going to share with you. Okay. <laughs> because the reality is, so I, was, I was like taking in her words and I, you know, I know her story because we work together one-on-one -on -one and I know a lot of the things that she's been through and the things that she's been working on in her personal life and her spiritual growth. And you know, what was happening was that she was contrasting the spiritual shift she happened, she had at Wild and Holy Weekend with some of her earlier spiritual shifts, which had a lot more contrast for her. Okay. And so here's the reality. Not all spiritual shifts have the same quality about them. So some are going to feel like huge waves of ahas that like 
totally rock us to our core. While others seem like such a gradual next step in our personal evolution, that they can almost go unnoticed. And there's a really big disservice that happens when we allow these to go by unnoticed because it's this last spiritual shift, this shift that my client experienced at Wild Holy Weekend, that's actually the most important. It's why we do all this work to begin with, okay? So if we don't honor that or acknowledge that, oh my gosh, like we're totally missing this opportunity to say, I have arrived. I have arrived. So I was so glad that we were able to have that conversation and I was able to share with her what I'm going to share with you because I think it put a whole new perspective on her experience at Wild and Holy Weekend. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the first type of spiritual shift that we go through, okay? Because keep in mind, the three shifts I'm going to be sharing, they all go in a sequential order, okay? So the one we're going to be talking about today, this is the one that usually happens first, okay? Then the second one usually happens next, and then the third one usually happens last. Now keep in mind, when we're on our personal journey, these spiritual shifts, they have no expiration date. We don't just go through them one and done, okay? These are not one and done type of shifts. They happen repeatedly as we are on our spiritual journey of expansion and becoming our our fullest expression, okay? So I just wanted to mention that because just because you've gone through one of these once, doesn't mean that you're not gonna experience it again. <laughs> Most likely, we're gonna experience these tons of times as we continue to evolve and expand for ourselves. So the first type of spiritual shift is what's known as a paradigm shift. Now, before we even go into the shift itself, I first wanna really talk about what a paradigm is because our paradigms are pretty important and we have lots of them, okay? So the scientific definition of a paradigm is a framework containing the basic assumptions, ways of thinking, and methodology that are commonly accepted by members of a community or a cognitive framework shared by members of any discipline or group, okay? So I'm gonna give an example of that in just a second. But I really want to talk about the more casual concept of a paradigm, which is simply your set of beliefs that shape the way you view the world and how the world works. Okay. It contains all of your assumptions, all of your projections, all of your beliefs, values, ways of doing things, and why you do them. Okay, so in short, our paradigms shape a lot of how we see the world, how we tend to explain events, how we view other people, and most importantly, how we even view ourselves. So when we undergo a paradigm shift, what happens is that it opens us up to a whole new world because it creates a huge wave of expansion. Okay, paradigm shifts are usually felt the most intensely out of all other spiritual shifts because it creates a great deal of contrast between what you used to think and believe and what you are starting to think and believe now. Okay, so here's a scientific example of a paradigm shift, which 
I know that we're all going to relate to at least on some level. So when scientists used to think that the earth was flat and then they realized that the earth was round, <laughs> this, I mean, just imagine the huge contrast and even disbelief this created. Okay. And this disbelief part is actually really important. So when we are coming up against a paradigm that we hold and somebody shows us another paradigm that is oftentimes in direct contrast to the way we think or believe, there's oftentimes a sense of disbelief that comes with it. Like we can't totally buy into that. Okay. And you know, these paradigm shifts, when there's a big contrast like that, like when it's like a 180 degree turn, there's going to be resistance with that because our brain is kind of like, I don't think that that's totally possible. Okay. And I'm going to give you some personal examples in just a second. So when we go through a whole big paradigm shift like this, it, it changes the way we think about everything and the way the world works. So imagine those scientists, right? earth was round not flat imagine how much that changed for them okay but let's talk about a couple of casual examples of paradigm shifts so let's say for instance that you believe there's never enough time there is a scarcity around time okay and I want you to consider how this one belief shapes how you live your life okay so remember, there's never enough time, okay? That's what you believe. Do you feel, if that was your belief, that you would be more rushed throughout your day? Do you think you'd feel a lot of pressure to get as much done as humanly possible as quickly as possible? Do you think you might try and squeeze in as much as possible into your schedule? Do you think you'd be more impatient <laughs> in general? And how do you think you'd respond if there was a sudden change of plans and now all of a sudden something that was going to get done today is now going to get done next week? How do you think you would respond to that if you believe there was never enough time? Well, I'm going to tell you because I speak from experience on this one. And I would answer yes to all of those yes, no questions above. Because for the grand majority of my life, I have felt like there was never enough time. There was never enough time to get everything done that I wanted to get done. And because of this, my life felt like it was in a constant state of frenzy of stress, of pressure, and lack of patience when things took longer than they were supposed to. And if there was a change of plans, oh my God, like this would disgruntle everything. Now I was going to have to go and figure out how I was still going to get everything done with this change of plans. Okay. And maybe you can relate to that because there's a lot of people out there who believe there's a scarcity of time, that there is not enough time, that they are on this hamster wheel trying to go as fast as they can to speed things along. There's almost like this background noise of like, hurry, 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 okay? And it's like the whole cadence in which you live your life is like at 90 miles per hour, 
It's like, that's the only pace you know how to go. Okay. And I'm saying this because I've lived this way. I know it very intimately. Okay. So let's imagine though, the impact of shifting this paradigm. So no longer do you believe there's never enough time. Instead, you believe there's plenty of it. There's plenty of time. Now, if you live in the first paradigm camp, I can already tell you how you're emotionally responding to this idea that there's now all of a sudden an abundance of time. Your mind is probably going like, but, 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 which all that's telling you is that you're not ready to consider something new or different. And that's not bad. It's not good. It's just where you are. Okay. Because we get very attached to our paradigms. These are our beliefs. Okay. And for me personally, for the longest time, when someone would share this belief with me, like there's plenty of time, <laughs> there would be so much resistance to this. So in fact, I would like literally write them off. I would discredit their opinion. I would justify why there was indeed never enough time because I'm so busy. I'm trying to get so much stuff done, right? You don't know what it's like to be me. <laughs> it's it's terrible, I know, but seriously, I'm being honest here. And I would actually get frustrated with people who had no sense of urgency. Like, did they not know the rest of the world had places to be and people to see? Seriously. Like, I would literally question in my head, like, hello, I might move it or lose it, people. Like, we got, we got money to make and time is of the essence and it's hurry, hurry, hurry. Like, we, we got to go. We got to go. We don't have time for this. Is that just me? And it is super hard to relax when this is your paradigm. And I would imagine that living with me was kind of difficult because I was always on this schedule that needed to be like hyper regimented. It was very rigid. There was never like any time to relax unless I literally scheduled it in. Okay. This was the impact of having the paradigm that there's never enough time, but I'll never forget when this whole paradigm shifted for me. So this is about three years ago, 2014. I had my private practice at the time, so I was still a, a psychotherapist. And I was getting ready to give an eight-hour training the next day on a program called Mental Health First Aid. I was going to be teaching a whole group of police officers, and there was a lot to get ready for that. I had five clients to see that day, a web page to write, right? Because I was trying to get my coaching practice off the ground at that time too, a workout to fit in. <laughs> and I had just enough time to go heat up some water for my tea before my next client walked through the door. Okay. So all of these things are kind of on my shoulders at this moment. And I'm standing next to the microwave, heating up my water, literally tapping my foot as if that's going to hurry up the process, which we're talking about a minute here, right? A minute. And I'm listing out all the million things I need to get done today so I could be prepared for tomorrow. And I'm feeling completely overwhelmed, stressed out, wondering when in the world this water is going to get done <laughs> and actually like sighing to myself because it was taking so long. A minute was so long to wait for freaking water to get hot enough for tea. And I'm like, And it was this moment that I said to myself, there is never enough time. 
And it was that instance. It was almost as if my higher self, it was like the skies parted in my consciousness and my higher self said to me, did you hear what you just said to yourself? And it caught me so off guard. I literally repeated it again aloud. There's never enough time. I said back to my higher self and almost as if on cue, the moment those words were out of my mouth, something completely contrasting showed up and it said, actually, you always get everything done. There's always enough time. Okay. And then I was like, how many times have I been saying this to myself over the years? I wonder what impact this is having on my anxiety, right? So anyways, this felt like a huge massive shift to me. And what started to happen on a physical level is my breathing started to slow down. I was like no longer huffing and puffing and sighing and being annoyed. I released my hand from my hip because I had literally had like an attitude with the microwave and the water (laughs) at this point. I stopped tapping my foot and I actually started to relax. Like I realized there wasn't any need to be worried or rushed because there was enough time. Now here's the kicker. If I would have told myself this a year ago, I wouldn't have believed it. Like this whole shift would not have happened. And there's a reason why. For paradigm shifts to take root, for us to even be open to them, to this shift, you have to have enough personal growth in a certain area, which in my case, in this instance, It's been learning how to manage and decrease my anxiety, okay? So I had to have enough personal growth and insight into how anxiety works and how to cope with anxiety for something new to actually take hold, okay? Because the thing with anxiety is that it's very fear and scarcity-based. So never having enough of is a very common thought with anxiety. And so I had done enough personal work at this point to understand the way anxious thoughts work. So when I heard myself say there's never enough time, I was like, whoa, how much anxiety is that creating? How much pressure and stress is that creating, right? And then I sank into the reality, but you always get everything done. There's always enough time. So this opened up a whole new world for me. (laughs) And this was three years ago, granted, okay? But something that's even more recent actually builds off of Rob Bell's interview, which if you haven't tuned into yet, please go and download it, check it out. He's amazing. So what happened for me, this is very recent, this is like this year, I started listening to the wisdom series on the Robcast and reading what is the Bible was another huge paradigm shift for me. Okay. For years, well, more like decades, I believe the Bible held no true spiritual value. That is a really bold statement to make. And I'm almost like really shy about saying that at this point. Okay. Given the shift that I've gone through, but just stick with me. It was a book to me that religious people use to be higher and mightier and greater than thou. That's how I thought about the Bible. It was a book full of scripture that laid down the law of the only path toward God and enlightenment. And I hadn't found God or enlightenment that way. I don't even know if I found enlightenment. I've definitely found God. And that's how I thought of the Bible. Okay. And because of that, I stayed as far away from it as possible. I had absolutely no interest 
and reading the book, learning about the book, checking out the scriptures, and I definitely had absolutely no interest in applying the principles found inside those pages to my personal life. Okay. That's how closed off I was to the Bible. But that was all until I met Rob. So what happened from listening to the wisdom series on the Robcast was Rob started sharing things in a certain way that started to make a whole lot more sense to me. And the way he described the Bible challenged the very paradigm I had been holding on to. And just like that, I started to question if my paradigm was actually 100% correct or if it had been a defense mechanism to protect me from something that had harmed me in the past. Okay. Now, full disclosure here. I say just like that, but that's not entirely true. Okay. I, I could have listened to Rob's podcast a year ago and not had the same experience. In fact, I started reading what is the Bible when it was still a blog on Tumblr. Like he hadn't even turned it into a book yet, which I think was about a year and a half, two years ago, maybe just a year ago. And I was like, totally not into it. I was like, whatever, brush it off. Like, I don't care about the Bible. Okay. What was happening was I wasn't ready then. The personal work, right, that I was talking about in relation to anxiety, and in this case was healing spiritual wounds, hadn't been deep enough yet. I wasn't deep enough in the process to be ready for this paradigm shift, okay? But when it happened, <laughs> you can bat your sweet little tush that opened up a whole new world for me. Suddenly, I became curious of what is the Bible? Like, what is it? What does it actually contain? What does it say? Who, who is Jesus? Like, what was he about? What did he teach? And just like that, something I never would have even considered approaching or letting into my life in any way, shape, or form has now turned into something I'm actually willing to explore and even apply to my life. Okay. The contrast here is massive. Before the paradigm shift, totally closed off, totally disinterested, don't want to have anything to do with it, don't care. After the paradigm shift, I'm like, totally curious, really interested, want to learn more about this, might even like read it, <laughs> okay? So when we shift our paradigms, what it does is it challenges a very deep understanding that we hold about how something works what something is, or who we are. And I'm going to get to an example of that in just a second. And when this happens, it of course expands our thinking and our consciousness, but it does something else too. So following a paradigm shift, we tend to be more open-minded than we ever have been. Okay. And the reason for this is because <laughs> when we have a shift in paradigm, what has happened is we realize, huh, maybe I wasn't totally right about this one thing. Maybe there's other things that I'm also not totally right about. <laughs> and this can be really unsettling. It can be a very unsettling time, especially depending on what type of paradigm has just shifted for you. Some of our paradigms are like very foundational for how we see the world and how the world works and how we work in it. And when we shift a paradigm like that, 
it can feel like the whole freaking world just rocked underneath us. And we don't know where we stand. We don't know how we feel and we don't know who we are. And it's almost like it's an unzipping process where we feel really raw, vulnerable and exposed. And that's why it's so necessary as part of our spiritual work to hold a very fierce, loving container for ourselves during that vulnerable time. And to trust that we're going to get to the other side of this. We're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel, like tunnel. There's going to be a new normal that's available for us. But it's in these moments of unzipping of this big shift that it's like feels very unsteady. Okay. It's a very common experience. So during this time, you know, we can ask ourselves like really big questions. Like what if the world doesn't work the way I think it does? Right. And if that's true, does the way I'm acting or the things that I'm doing or the things that I'm pursuing make total sense? Okay. And these are very massive questions that they they can change your whole life trajectory. They really can. And I want to give you an example of that. So one more example of a paradigm shift that I've experienced, and I've experienced tons of them. We all have, whether you're aware of them or not, and we're all going to experience many more of them um, as time goes on and we evolve. But one of the most, I would say, important and poignant uh, paradigm shifts for me is the one I'm getting ready to share with you. So I used to believe that we had to earn our worthiness with God. And we did this by doing good deeds, repenting for our sins, and making up for the bad things we had done by overcompensating for them, okay? Now, I'm going to share my story with you guys later on in in this season to really give you a, a big arch of, you know, my spiritual path, because I think it's important to share our stories. But if you were to look at my life when I was a teenager, you would totally understand that I had a lot to repent for in the ideology of Christianity. Okay. I'd had sex before marriage. I'd done drugs. I mean, routinely I drank alcohol. I'd done stupid things while drinking alcohol. I'd skipped church. I'd lied. I think I probably stole money from my parents a few times during my addiction days. I mean, I had done a lot of things that were condemned. And because of that, I not only felt like a sinner, but I also felt totally unworthy. Okay. Now, this is teenager years. You fast forward and sadly, all of these behaviors really just got worse. And it got to a point where I felt like there was literally not enough good I could do in the world to cancel out the bad. And when you believe something like this, you pretty much think things are hopeless. You think you're hopeless. Like there's no way to get in God's good graces. And if that's the case, is anything good ever going to happen to you? So this is heavy. This is a heavy way to walk through life. This is a heavy way of viewing God. This is a heavy way of viewing the world. And it's really a heavy way of seeing yourself. Okay, I think we can all agree on that. But the biggest paradigm shift happened for me when I realized God was never in on that game. 
which is a phrase that Rob Bell talks about on the wisdom series, which, you know, when I was listening to it, I was like, yes, yes. I so know this to be true. Like God was never in on that game. So through the years and years of spiritual seeking and searching of denouncing God and only to find God again through a completely different lens, did I realize that God had never asked me to make up for my wrongdoings in order to be worthy of good things? I had been worthy the whole damn time. I had been worthy the whole damn time. Now, here's where this really, the impact of this has really, you know, shaped my life tremendously. When you feel like you have done a lot of bad stuff that there's no coming back from, you tend to live your life as if it's an apology. So for years, for years, I had lived my life as if it were an apology, when in reality, I had already been forgiven. I'd already been forgiven. This shift alone... (laughs) opened me to a completely new relationship with God, my own divinity, and more importantly, with myself. And it has dramatically shifted the way that I walk through the world. There's nothing to apologize for when it comes to my existence. I've been worthy and deserving and forgiven the whole time. So, This is, you know, this originally happened five years ago when this paradigm shift started to take root. And since then, there's been many, many layers that have built upon this that has only deepened my relationship with God, my relationship with myself, the way um, I, I own and stand in my divinity, the way that I walk through the world, right? And some of the layers that have happened probably within the past two years even is really understanding that I am worthy I am enough and I am perfect. I am perfect the way that I am for the impact I'm here to make. So you might be in a totally different place in your life spiritually. And we have most definitely probably walked different journeys. But if you are in a place where you are living your life as, as if it's an apology, as, you, as if you need to apologize for being here, need to apologize for your existence. You feel like you always screw things up. You can never get things right. I really want to challenge you to question this paradigm that you are following because the truth is of every single soul that walks this planet is that you are worthy. You are enough and you are perfect just the way you are for the impact you're here to make. That's the truth. Sit with that for a second. When we start talking about these kinds of paradigm shifts, I hope that I'm, I'm shedding light on how impactful they can be for how you view yourself and how you view the world. And when it comes to paradigm shifts, there's, like, there's two components to this because one, we have to have done enough personal work in a certain area for us to even open up to the shift to begin with, right? I mean, that work has to be done and that creates a readiness. And a readiness is not something that can be forced. 
It's something that, that must be created, and we create it through personal work, through the personal journey. But there's also a choice of a, a humility, if you will, <laughs> of being willing to assume that you don't know everything and that maybe everything you do think you know isn't the whole story. And what this does, or what it's done for me, is it's created a softness for new realities to take place. And I love the way that Buddhism really talks about this because it describes it as being in beginner's mind. That we are always students, that we are always learning. And in this way, it's like you become less judgmental and more open-minded. And I have found that these two qualities in particular really make us um, very ripe for paradigm shifts to occur. And we need paradigm shifts to expand, okay? So I wanted to kind of wrap things up here and talk about how you know, like what are some signs that you're stuck in an old paradigm? So the first that I've noticed with myself and I've noticed with clients is that you tend to believe something is all black or white, okay? And so black and white thinking, what it loves to do is it loves to categorize things as all or nothing or good or bad, okay? And generally, we can use terms such as all or none or always or never. Like these, these types of words really kind of pique my, my awareness when I'm hearing myself say them or when I'm hearing somebody else say them. Because what that does is it makes something an absolute truth. And there are very, very few things in the world that are absolute truths, okay? Especially when it comes to human behavior. So what they tend to do is they overgeneralize with very wide categories. And let me give you a few examples. So religion is bad is a black and white paradigm. Okay. Snakes are dangerous is a black and white paradigm. Now I want you to notice, I didn't say all religion is bad. I didn't say all snakes are dangerous, but it's implied, right? So the biggest trick to, is like to start becoming aware of the, these kind of paradigms that you have is tuning into your own inner self dialogue to see if any of these absolutes are present. And if they are, question them, challenge them, ask yourself if that's really true and is it true all the time? Now, here's the thing that I've noticed about black and white paradigms. There's usually a reason that we are closed off to something. So when we make something bad, what I have found over and over again is that there's usually pain or hurt associated with that, okay? So for instance, religion is bad. That seriously used to be a paradigm that I had. And the reason that I had it is because I had been wounded by it in the past. And so I created this paradigm in order to protect myself from further hurt and pain. Okay. And you can kind of hear these paradigms show up for people like when they go through a really bad breakup or they've been cheated on, you know, they'll say like people are untrustworthy. That is a really bold statement to make based on one person's actions, right? Or even based on a few people's actions, okay? So when you hear these types of paradigms, notice that there's usually some hurt and pain associated with that. And if that's not the case, sometimes we can hold paradigms that have been taught to us 
are told to us that aren't even ours to begin with. And when we start to unravel a paradigm like this, there can, create, there can be a lot of anger and resentment associated with these when we start to see a different perspective than what we've been taught to believe. We can almost feel as though like we've been lied to, we've been betrayed, we haven't been told the whole truth, and this can be a very unsettling feeling. The solution to both of these situations, though, is the same. Whether you're dealing with, you know, somebody else's paradigm, not feeling like you had the whole truth, feeling lied to, or dealing with a paradigm that has been created because out of just self-protection, the, the work here is really forgiveness. And forgiveness is a multi-layered spiritual process that provides so much freedom, so much freedom for us. And when it comes to forgiveness, I mean, sometimes we're talking about forgiving ourselves. Sometimes we're talking about forgiving other people. Sometimes we're talking about forgiving God. And sometimes we're talking about forgiving like events that simply happened, um, that were no one's fault, right? They just happen out of the blue you know, like somebody getting cancer or something that really couldn't have been avoided. And forgiveness is what helps us work through uh, those heavy emotions that are keeping things kind of shut off from us. Because what black and white paradigms do is they create a smaller world. We, we close the door to certain things. And what I have realized for me, especially in regards to religion, like when I shut the door on religion and believe that religion is bad, I cut myself off from the spiritual wisdom that religions hold and being a spiritual person that no longer became um, congruent or in integrity with me. So I've had to really challenge that paradigm and open myself up to exploring a different perspective. And it's scary. It's scary because I do believe that sometimes religion can be bad. Um, I believe that it can separate people. I think that it can judge and create a hierarchy that, really doesn't do a lot for human souls. And I don't think it really does a lot for building a healthy relationship with God. Um, so opening myself up to that where I still feel like the paradigm can be true sometimes is tough, but I've had to realize that it's not true all the time. And in so doing what, what has happened is I've opened myself up to something that can really benefit my life positively. And let's take, for instance, like all people are untrustworthy, like say you've been cheated on. Don't you think it would be fairly impossible to find healthy love again if you weren't able to trust someone? And so challenging that paradigm really opens you up. And opening is all about expansion, right? It's going to require us to be courageous for sure, but it makes our world bigger. And I know if you're a seeker, you want your world to be as big as possible. You want to be non-judgmental. You want to be open-minded. And what open-mindedness and non-judgment have done for me is it's really opened me up to the way God works in my life, the way God shows up and all the magical and miracles that surround me. So this stuff really has a big impact that, you know, I don't even really think can be fully understood. Um, as humans, when we really do like the forgiveness work and shifting our paradigms and being willing to be in beginner's mind, um, it's huge. It really, really is. So the second type of old paradigm that I have been stuck in myself, and I also see a lot of my clients stuck in, is this idea that something is not possible for you 
other, others have it easier than you, or you don't deserve the things you really desire. And what this skewed paradigm does is it tends to like overqualify other people that you know very little about and underqualifies you who you know almost everything about. <laughs> and it really sets up this very like unfair comparison that doesn't set us up for success and it doesn't really do anything for our desires. So the reality is when it comes to being able to create what you desire, everyone has the same capacity to create something from nothing. Everyone goes through fear and uncertainty and insecurity and doubt. And when we tend to see ourselves as more different than similar to others, we're doing such a huge disservice to our dreams, but more importantly, our own capacity to achieve them. So if you happen to be stuck here, which I, I find this a very common paradigm to be stuck in, is I encourage you to talk to other people that you admire and ask them about their struggles. Because what I have found, like what the Enoughness Revolution taught me, especially season one, which is basically like 75 interviews with amazing people, is that we are all so much more alike than we are different. We are. And when we start to see ourselves as more of the same than at a disadvantage to others, we really create a new version of ourselves that we can step into. And that's actually one of the spiritual shifts we're going to be talking about in part three is how we actually step into that new version of ourselves, which is what we're here working towards anyway, right? Is to become our fullest expression. So this paradigm in particular is quite debilitating and basically it makes a lot of excuses for why you're not doing what you want to do, why you're not pursuing what you want to pursue or why it's not going to happen for you, but it happens for other people. <laughs> and this one can be quite sticky. So these are just a couple of, of signs I guess I've noticed of when we're stuck in a paradigm that doesn't serve us. And if you happen to be stuck in a paradigm like this, you know, I would really challenge you to challenge it, to really become aware of the paradigms that you hold, how they're impacting the way you view the world, how it works and how you work inside of it, because paradigms are everything in how we view ourselves and how we view others and how we view possibilities, how we view God. I mean, paradigms hold so much power for us. And when we shift one, this is a huge spiritual expansion for us, which is why this is, this is the first step. It's the first step to spiritual growth and our personal evolution is to shift a paradigm because it opens us up to a whole new world of possibility. So, I would love to hear from you. Have you gone through a paradigm shift? What has it been like for you? Have you had similar experiences? Did it kind of rock you to your core? These types of shifts usually have the biggest contrast. They can be the most unsettling. We're acutely aware of when they're happening because they're like these huge ahas. It's like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even know that, that was possible. 
and it can change the way we think and feel about everything. So comment down below. I would love to hear your experience. And also, this baby is brand new. Wild and Holy Radio is still getting its wings. I would love your support and just sharing your feedback by giving a review on iTunes. It seriously takes one minute. I've detailed all the how-tos with pictures <laughs> if you're new to podcasting in episode one, which I'm going to link to the show notes. So go and check that out. And I would love for you to subscribe, share this with your friends, especially other spiritual seekers, the religious and curious who are passionate about living their truth and creating a life that honors their soul. I will see you guys again soon for another episode on Wild and Holy Radio.